Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Are the Cowboys true contenders this season? The sky is the limit for the Vikings defense. Plus, what are the chances Deshaun Watson plays for the Houston Texans? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Dallas Cowboys are more than just a TV show on HBO. They are going to be competitors in what could be a very competitive NFC East. Not that any of those teams are great or potential Super Bowl contenders, although Dallas probably has the most upside of any of those teams to do that because of what they have offensively. Joining me now, Landon McCool from the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And Landon, uh, we know that the talent that this offense has with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, and of course, Dak Prescott, who's a little bit of a question mark right now with that with that shoulder injury. But defensively, how big a leap do they need to make so that they could be in that conversation with NFC contender teams? Well, they need to take enough of a leap that they're somewhere in the middle of the pack on defense. I mean, obviously last year uh, at different points, it was historically bad. Uh, they were the 32nd ranked defense at different points, and and I think they were breaking records as far as just yards given up on the ground specifically. So if the Cowboys can find a way to kind of just limit the bleeding a little bit, especially in the run game, uh, to, which is allowing people to kind of control the game uh, when Dak was there, and then and frankly, uh, you know the other part of it is the the, Cow- the Cowboys offense has got to help by uh, stopping all the turnovers early in the season when Dak was healthy even early on before a lot of the injuries kind of crept into them turnovers were really putting the Dallas defense in a bad spot so if they can limit turnovers and then just kind of creep back towards average uh you have to think that they're in a good shot to at least make the playoffs and then you know once you're in the tourney who knows I mentioned that offense I don't want to just take for granted that they're going to be really good but they were on just as the the defense was at points on a historic pace defensively they were offensively as well I mean Dak was on pace to throw for like 45,000 yards. Not actually, but it seemed that way. Part of that was they had to because the defense was so mm-hmm. bad. So uh, offensively, are there are there changes that you think we could see that, that maybe people aren't talking about, whether it is schematically or whether it is a player like CeeDee Lamb emerging as the true number one? What do you see changing there? Well, I mean, health is got to be the first thing. Frankly, I mean, beyond Dak, I mean, the fact that you didn't even see Lael Collins last year because mm. of of all the injuries he was dealing with. Tyron Smith only made it through a few games before he got injured, and and then by the time Thanksgiving rolled around, he lost Zach Martin too. So, um, I, I think that's it starts there, and then it starts like uh, kind of what you just described: a, a, an ascension of Ceedee Lamb into. If not wide receiver one, wide receiver one B, you know, on this offense, uh, and kind of just bringing in a level of another level of dynamism to this offense that didn't exist before. I think if you can get those things and then just hold on to the ball, like I said, uh, top five is the minimum is the floor for the expectations of where this offense could be. I think Washington has a more complete roster, but I think Dallas has more high end talent. So, in terms of trying to decide who the NFC East favorite is or should be. What is going to be the difference, do you think, for those two teams this season in that race? It's the difference between all teams in all races. Who's got the better quarterback? And uh, I don't think that there's a there's much of an argument there. The Cowboys have the best quarterback when he's healthy in the division by far. 
Uh, so I, I think that's what makes them the lead in, in that specific race between Washington and Dallas and, and the lead for the NFC East in general. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the sky is the limit for the Vikings defense. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 49ers rookie Trey Lance, second preseason game, got off to a very slow start against the Chargers. Lance's passer rating was a goose egg, 0.0. He went one for five for nine yards with a pick, thrown too hard and a bit too high for Mohamed Sanu. He also took a sack as those drives ended with a punt, an interception, and another punt. Now from there, Lance did get it rolling, sparked by another deep connection to Trent Sherfield, this time for 41 yards. Lance ultimately completed seven of his next eight attempts for 93 yards with two touchdowns on his final three series before calling it a night. The 49ers won 15-10. Miguel Cabrera is now a member of one of the most exclusive clubs in baseball. Cabrera put an exclamation point on his career when he became the 28th member of the 500 home run club with a six-inning blast for the Detroit Tigers on Sunday against the Blue Jays in Toronto. It's something special for my country, for my family, to be able to do this, he said. I'm really happy. A few home run stats for Cabrera. He has 41 two-homer games and two three-homer games in his career. His three-homer games came against Oakland in May of 2010 and against Texas in May of 2013. His most victimized team, he's hit 50 home runs against Cleveland, his most victimized pitcher, he's hit seven jacks off Phil Hughes. He's hit seven walk-off home runs in his career. Next up for Miggy, the 3,000 hit club, which has 32 members. Coming into the season, Cabrera needed 134 hits to get there, and in spring training, he said he hoped to join both clubs in 2021. Titans coach Mike Vrabel announced Sunday that he has tested positive for COVID-19. The news comes after the Titans spent last week taking part in joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before facing them in week two of the preseason. The Buccaneers are currently waiting on contact tracing. Vrabel sent a text to the players before his Zoom news conference to let them know that he has tested positive. As of now, no other coaches have tested positive. All the Titans coaches that are in contact with players have been vaccinated. Vrabel was experiencing minor symptoms, including a sore throat, which prompted him to get tested. Bucks coach Bruce Arians said the team would be 92% vaccinated by August 13th, and he anticipated close to 100% vaccinated by the start of the regular season. Remember, it was the Titans last year who got punished for holding secret practices when the team was supposed to be in lockdown after COVID-19 positives. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up next on betonline.ag, the NFL. I don't know if you heard this. The NFL is back. NFL Super Bowl odds have been updated after a week of preseason games. And Kansas City, not surprisingly, still the favorites. They are plus 525 to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Tampa Bay checks in at 6-1. to one. The Packers 11-1. to one. The Bills 12-1. to one. And Cleveland 14 to 1. For all your MLB, NFL, college football, and golf lines, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Last year, Mike Zimmer said this was the worst defense he had been around. Minnesota not able 
to pick it up on the offensive end. And so it was a disappointing 2020 season in with personnel changes, bringing in some big names like Patrick Peterson, albeit on the downside of his career to buttress an offense with a number of young ascending players, including and especially rookie breakout Justin Jefferson joining me now to discuss the 2021 version of the Vikings, Luke Braun, host of Locked on Vikings, and of course, host of Locked on NFL. And and Luke, it wasn't just Patrick Peterson, the defense added names like Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce comes back after opting out last season. So how much better can this Vikings defense be? I mean, if you ask me, sky's the limit. It's like an entirely different group of people. To give you a sense, so teams are cutting down right now from 85 to 80. There are two players who did not crack the, crack the top 80 of the Vikings that started games last year in Dylan Maben and Jordan Brailford. They're cut. So last year, you're dealing with guys down the stretch of the season. I mean, they crawled out of their one and five hole. December, they just needed to go two and two to make the playoffs. They couldn't do it. And in that December uh, streak, you had Railford and Dylan Mabin and all these kind of nobodies um, replace that with Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson, Bashad Breland, who you're familiar with from Green Bay. Uh, and yeah, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Woods, who started in Dallas. It's an entirely different group of people. Different doesn't necessarily mean better, but if you trust Mike Zimmer and, and I certainly do, uh, they're probably going to get things figured out there on the offensive side. Kirk Cousins was brought in to to be that difference. And he so far hasn't been the the singular difference that pushes him over the top, although he has been a solid quarterback in his time in Minnesota. What reason do we have to believe this year offensively they can be different than what we've seen, especially with Cousins? You know, I, it's all going to kind of depend on health right now. Uh, like in the, the preseason game against the Colts, no, Justin Jefferson He's dealing with an AC joint sprain, well on track to start by week one. And then Adam Thielen is a high bruise and your wide receivers are like KJ Osborne and a rookie Amir Smith-Marset. Like it, that is the thing that can derail them. But the offensive line looks a lot better. Ole Udo has been a backup right tackle for a few years. He moved to right guard. He's crushing dudes. Ezra Cleveland, also a tackle playing left guard. Um, they just shut down DeForest Buckner in a preseason game, which was, I found really impressive. Um, and even though you got rid of Riley Reef, Rashad Hill will step in and hopefully Christian Derisaw comes in at some point as well. So I think the O-line can be better. Kirk is who he is. We know what Dalvin Cook is. We know what Adam Thielen is. Um, but we've never really seen that behind like good protection. If that is what the Vikings have, have done, everything else in this offseason kind of won't matter to Vikings fans. That O-line has been a bugaboo for a decade. When you look at the big picture, 30,000-foot view, what will decide how far the Vikings can go this season? Because on paper, they do look like, especially with the expanded playoff, a playoff team. Yeah, I, I mean, once you're in the dance, anything can happen, right? That's kind of my nihilist answer to this. But I, it's Kirk. That, that's the answer. It's Kirk Cousins. How many really bad games will you get out of Kirk Cousins? Because he'll do it. He, he is not capable. He never has in his career of stringing together, you know, 17, 18, 19 good games He'll just have some stinkers. It's kind of a boring answer. How far every NFL team goes is probably how far their quarterback can take them. Coming up, what are the chances Deshaun Watson plays for the Houston Texans this season? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I got a text from a friend yesterday. He said, 
have you had the grasshopper cookie? And I said, have I had it? It is the greatest. It is the greatest. I have long championed the coconut brownie, but I think the grasshopper may have unseated it. You can't go wrong with either, frankly. All of these bars, whether you go for the grasshopper, the coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They are high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. And yet, seriously, they taste awesome. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. To call the Houston Texans offseason tumultuous would be a vast understatement of what has gone on in Houston, we still don't know the future of Deshaun Watson. The Texans bring in David Culley to be the new head coach after a long search and and a group of candidates. And it looks like we're going to get Tyrod Taylor, but we're still not sure, again, at what the future holds. They are joining me now from Locked on Texans, John Hickman and and John. We, we have to start with the Deshaun Watson part of this. What are the chances we see Deshaun Watson as the Texas quarterback uh, at, at any point in the season? No chance. Absolutely no chance. For me, and the feeling down here in Houston is, you know, he's going to abide by what they want him to do, you know, stay ready just in case uh, he's available to play for somebody else. I don't, I don't think there's a chance that he plays this year for Houston. I think there's more so of a chance that he returns maybe for Houston next year after the dust settles and maybe they can come to an agreement because right now the asking price for Deshaun Watson, who you're not sure he's going to be able to play is entirely too high. And Houston knows that they're putting it out there just so, you know, I I feel like it's, at least we try to move you, but uh, there's no chance he suits up this year. Houston is ready to rock out with Tyrod Taylor and uh, presumably with Davis Mills as the second string quarterback on this depth chart because Jeff Driscoll is not going to cut it for number two. Uh, but yeah, for Deshaun, I, I think fans of this team should put that aside and understand where this team is uh, heading currently. So without Watson, um, what is the calling card of this team going to be? What is their identity? Do we know at this point? Offensively, I think the, uh, the identity will be run the ball get the ball out quickly in passing situations and hit some of your receivers in, in space to where they're able to make moves. Uh, Houston has Brandon Cooks, who's a speedy receiver. They brought in Chris Conley, who's a big body receiver with good hands, although uh, yesterday's preseason game, Saturday's preseason game didn't really show it. Uh, but he has good hands. Also, Houston is very big on Nico Collins, who they traded up for to get out of Michigan. And he had a very good preseason. He's also been killing it uh, during training camp and practices. So, uh, right now, I think offensively, they're going to be able to, at least they want to, they want to hit you from all different angles. Run the ball with multiple backs, with multiple styles. They're going to put Titus Howard. They moved him over to left guard. So they're going to put him in situations to do a lot of combo blocking with Larry Tunsil, move him. He's an athletic big at that guard position. So they're going to move him on some pull plays, uh, some power holes, maybe some trap plays to, knock out the DN, knock out the linebacker at the second level, get that running back an opportunity to win, pass the line of scrimmage. And uh, in passing situations, 
whether you want to hit Brandon Cooks with a tight end, I think this offense will be set up that everybody can establish themselves in certain situations. Now, defensively, their identity, as we saw against the Cowboys, that defensive front, mainly that front four, now they switched over to a 4-3 defense, you know, they're going to have multiple guys that can bring pressure. I like what Houston can do. I think I think on the defensive side of the ball, that is where they are most, where they can be the most dominant. And finally, Rod Gilbert, the Hall of Fame right wing who starred for the New York Rangers and helped Canada win the 1972 Summit Series, has died. He was 80. Gilbert's family confirmed the death to the Rangers on Sunday. The team didn't provide any details. Rangers owner James Dolan said in a statement, I am deeply saddened by the passing of Ron Gilbert, one of the greatest Rangers to ever play for our organization and one of the greatest ambassadors the game of hockey has ever had. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Tuesday, how much gas does Derrick Henry have left in the tank? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Thank you.